The Articulate Coven is the original, unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe from AMC and AMC+. Welcome to The Articulate Coven. We are your hosts, Ashley Wright Eiler. I'm Joel Sharpton, and we are The Articulate Coven. We are shooketh. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We are shooketh. We are officially shooketh. So much, so much to talk about. Um, I I will say, uh, folks, I I am so thankful that this series has come into our lives. I'm excited about the next couple of months. Now that we know what the the cast diaries are, we'll talk about that in a minute, too. Now that we know what those are. You and I are going to get some time off over the next several weeks as we prepare for the Mayfairs, so that's good news for us, too. Um, But, boy, I just – I see a whole off-season. I mean, I'm very excited for Season 2 announcements. I want to know what the production schedule is, and I want to know when we can expect it. I'm assuming it will probably launch about this same time next year, so the 1st of October uh, in 2023 is my guess. That feels – yeah, that feels right. Right. I mean, I'm hoping we eventually get to a place where they are doing divided seasons. But the second season, all of the trade releases when they announced the second season renewal, I hadn't really noticed it at the time. But all of them say eight episode season, eight episode second season. So um, I think that's pretty locked in at this point. I'm still hopeful in the future that we get to like a 12 episode season or a 14 episode season where they then divide it into two sixes or two sevens so that we get this show you know once every six months that's what they did with the walking dead that's what they've done with that all along they did it eventually with breaking bad too towards the end i think they did yeah, that with better call saul as well i think i think I mean, some it, of that it just makes sense with, with like those production shorter seasons. times yeah and i think some of that had to do with like out of necessity with production time and things like that but um yeah we we wouldn't mind it year round y'all we, we can handle it and we'll all watch it we're we've we've shown it we've proven it we'll watch it give it well and and, it, you know, they're using this to really launch and push their streaming service internationally. And if you want somebody to stay subscribed, you want to lower your churn rate, the way to do that is to have, you know, similar content that, that the fans, that, that that same, you know, subscriber wants throughout the calendar year. So if they only give us Interview with a Vampire and then Mayfair Witch is right on top of it, then you go six months without, you're going to have a lot of people that, that effectively want to fall out and not not subscribe those six months in the off season. Absolutely. So, to speak. so, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's get into this. We are talking, by the way, about uh, episode seven of season one of Interview with the Vampire. I really like the uh, branding. You only got it at the very end. Interview with the Vampire Part One. That's, part One. Uh, what this season will be known, I think, in retrospect. That makes me wonder if, as we get into future books you know let's say season two wraps up the interview with the vampire storyline do they then retitle the show and maybe um you know it feels like that's the natural progression or something yeah Yeah, it feels like the natural progression we talked about are there spinoffs maybe there still are spinoffs to this but what what we may see is just a a change of the title maybe with some some colon and branding you know subtitle branding whatever it all exists under the umbrella yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the Thing Lay Still was the name of this one. Uh, it's written by Ben <laughs> Philippe, directed by Alexis Ostrander. And uh, man, Holy what shit, a fantastic y'all. job. Let's just, let's say right here off the top, this writing crew has taken us Holy on a roller coaster shit. ride, no doubt. But it's so clear they had a story to tell. 
Now, whether you differ with the story that they told, whether you wish they had told a different story, that's that's a fair quibble, and we can and we will talk about that I think endlessly in the off season. But absolutely, they clearly had no, none of this was squandered or wasted. They put their pieces. No, not on a the, minute of not a minute of this. No, exactly, yeah. and and not then a minute they moved of time towards their end game. And and also, it was all set up in the previous episode too, with like the way Claudia said to Louis, you know, you have to be, you have to think like him, and then you have to be five steps ahead of him. And that was that that played out so brilliantly in the and you know in the last in the last chapter of this of this episode, it was just whoo unbelievable. Um, I also think, in addition to they clearly had their story mapped out, which thank God, I hate like messy adaptations where they're just uh, grasping at straws <coughs> last, last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this was, um, I also think the use of language that was pulled directly from the book um, was brilliant in this, you know. Oh, there's there a really, really There was so great much familiar one. language. Oh, there's a lot. There were several uh, references directly to the film as well, but there yes, was yes. there was one quote, and Rollin Jones had called a shot on this one in some of the press before the season started. He had talked about a quote in this final episode that we're going to talk about as we get towards it. But I, I want to save that a little bit. Let's go through this thing yeah. from the stop from the start. Amazing to me, I was really surprised that Daniel was able to hold his new knowledge from the end of last episode until Lestat's, you know, death, until until the story had been told, so to speak, and Louis had reached his desired ending for this chapter, so to speak. Um, that's when Daniel finally sprung it on him and on Rashid that that he has this new knowledge of the two of them and, and their interactions from the 70s. I, I was flabbergasted. I really thought this thing was going to start with him like maybe even rush in their bedrooms or something, you know, like like wandering around early, but when he's not supposed to. Where what what the fuck is going on? What happened in the seventies? Yeah, this is a totally older version of that character, though, and I think that you're you're thinking from that that young that young Daniel mindset what he would do, and 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 he's so much more. Um, I don't know. He's thinking his. He's thinking his. He's making his plans too. He's thinking things out thoroughly. I think he's realizing as he goes along that he is not in for what he thought he was in for <laughs> like this is some fucked up shit that's happening around him and 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 he's just beginning to like it's tip of the iceberg you know yeah no you're absolutely right on all of that of course the the one thing i will say is it didn't even you know it didn't even occur to me until just now when you were saying it ashley honestly daniel understands from that moment when he wakes up with the knowledge that Rashid was there as well, that not only is Louis sort of playing a game with him, Rashid is playing they a game are, with Louis. They both are, yeah. Well, and, well, and, yeah, but yes. like, I think Daniel understands that immediately. And I honestly didn't even get that until after, I've, I've watched the thing three times now, and it, it took a Twitter conversation with some friends for me to actually get Oh shit! There's some very clear things in this episode where Rashid, uh, you know, we'll just go ahead and say it. If you if you're here, you should have seen the episode. Rashid is Armand, folks. I don't know why he used that moniker exactly, but this is Armand that has been the the houseboy, so to speak, for the for the season for Louis, serving him throughout, calling him Mister De Point de Lac. 
all of that stuff, that's been the vampire Armand this whole time. First of all, great character and a, and a great portrayal. Uh, as a matter of fact, we need to get that actor's name. I, I meant to write it down. I wrote oh, all sorts yeah, of I didn't other even notes think about here. That. No, that's all right. I'm going to get it right now because this guy is a, a classically, classically trained uh, London uh, theater actor. And... He's been you know, playing the slow ass burn all season. And I think so many fans suspected that and felt like that was the direction they were going in. But I think enough of us, I mean, hell, I wasn't completely sure. Every time I've thought something for sure, I've been, you know, I mean, he walked out into the damn sun. But then also we know that they that that is something that he could live through for sure. Assad Zaman. Assad Zaman is uh, is his name. He's beautiful so, too. I think that we've talked about like difference in, in appearance. You know, I think everyone was hoping for the the the, the ginger Armand, our our um, our uh, auburn haired Botticelli angel, and I still think we get a little bit of the you know the angelic look, even though he's not quite the Armand off the book. I think that I I'm really excited now that we know to go back and rewatch the whole thing and look at all the things I missed and all the clues and oh I'm so excited to re to do a rewatch very 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 much looking forward to watching this all again with the knowledge of the finale you're absolutely right as, as a matter of fact in the middle of the day today in between my second and third watch I thought about watching the first episode again entirely um so here's my thing with Assad I I do, especially if you're a true Armand fan, right? If Armand is one of your favorite characters from the books, and don't get me wrong, I find that hard to understand. <laughs> I mean, I'll say I've been off and on. He's been a favorite of mine. I have he been is completely definitely, uh, in love with Armand at numerous times, um, and a lot of it has to do with what kind of relationship he's in with the people around him. And mm, um, indeed. And I do. I know when I read the Vampire Armand, I, I felt a lot for him and for his you know for his uh, existence in his as a human you know it was not it was some pretty fucked up shit and so it's just ooh, he's a complicated character like all of our all of our vampires you know you can't Incredibly, just hate him in, no no and well and he's uh, as especially as a Lestat fan I have always he, he's a he's a he's a rival of Lestat's at several times yeah. throughout history and because of that both for uh, other characters affections and just you know in general as a as an authority amongst vampires and because of that he's he's an excellent character for me you know to sort of love to hate I really oh yeah what a great Armand. foil yeah yeah what, a, what a, he's a fantastic foil I it is interesting when he bests Lestat it is interesting to me when Lestat bests him as well now here's my point though if if he's your favorite character I understand here again we've sort of missed the boat right you don't get to see a book accurate portrayal of your favorite character not even really almost at all because he's aged up the there's you know he doesn't have the red hair he's not exactly from the same uh you know ethnic background etc 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 so all of those things are true however it's clear here already that they are going to portray that role of rival to Lestat, I think through oh, with layers in the second yes. season. Don't you imagine? I mean, oh the, my our God, supposition yeah. that we might see the the uh, 
the the vampire Lestat flashbacks from the early part of that novel, his mortal life and the early parts of his vampire years in Paris, as well as the European story with uh, with Louis and Claudia, I think that is even more likely now, based on what we know, based on you know the scheduling and the contracts for everybody. Having said that, how much more fun and and uncomplicated will it be for us to watch this man be Lestat's rival for, in you know for romance as well as for power and authority versus, for instance, the the kid from uh, Superman and Lois that we've talked about in the past. You know, right, Alex right, Garfin, right. I think that is that kid's name. That that kid's great. It would. I would feel weird if at Again, the end he floated that- up and then st- stood beside uh, Jacob Anderson and said, "This is the love of my life, the we vampire all, Armand." All of it felt very earned. You know, all of that felt very. Um, you know, I, it didn't feel like a trick. You know, like I get really pissed off. Like Fight Club pisses me off because I think in its presentation, Fight Fight Club is a trick. It's a lie. Whereas if you like. As as far as like um, uh, an ending of something like uh, as, as as Sixth Sense, where if you go back, it holds up. You know what I mean? And and this doesn't feel like a lie. It doesn't feel like they just pulled it out of their ass. It feels like, like you said, like they've thought it out. It's part of the story. Here we go. And also, I'm like Louis Blink twice if you're being held hostage by the vampire oh, Armand. Holy shit! I'm so worried I mean, well- about my guy. I just, I just don't know anything. Where right? are we I mean, now you, in time? Spring, like, well, so my thing is like, are are we? Is like, is this when before Lestat rises again and becomes, you know, rock star Lestat? Is that where we are? Like, where the fuck are we in the timeline? So even more so now than before, Ashley, I want to know when did he re-record "Come to Me"? We, he didn't have a chance between when it was recorded the first time with uh, Antoinette. And now, and yet, you know. Wait, how, I mean, he could have had a chance to. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, with, between our now time in Dubai or between our now time, them le- the, the murder and the exiting of New Orleans. The murder and, and now in Dubai. Oh, yeah. So I'm no, saying, oh, oh, okay, I mean, okay. I mean we know then, Lestat has done something. Yeah. But at what point in there would he have recorded this love song for Louis and then Louis have gotten a copy of it. That I mean, that sort of implies that the two of them have reunited, e- even if they ended up then parting ways again. How? What happened there? Did Armand beat his ass? I mean, like, what? We don't know. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing. Okay, so we, we're going to have to shove some of that aside to the end. Because right, if you right, are, my God. If you haven't read the books before and you're just watching the series, you know. We're, we're, we're speculating we're, so much right yeah, now. Yeah, we're speculating we a lot on things that you don't know happen yet. So let's save that a little bit. Let's walk yeah. through the episode because I want to praise somebody here. I've already been in love with this guy. I've mentioned him before on the show. But Tom Anderson is such a delightful addition to this series. He has been absolutely wonderful in every episode that he was in. Such a great addition to season one. And I'm really excited to see like, what are those little things that maybe they spring completely from whole cloth? Like in this case, they took a historical figure and they put him into this story. He's not, Tom Anderson doesn't exist in the books. No character really like that exists in the books. because Mostly because these two uh, uh, men don't have interactions with the, you know, hoi polloi of New Orleans and and the inner workings of the city. 
like they do in this series. This is a product of changing the time period as well. You know, this yes. is something yes. that you get, but because you've put them in the city to start with, there's no exit from from the plantation to the city. They've been in the city to start with, and so now we get to see how that. The, their lifetime in the city is going to have to come to an end because of, you know, they've been there killing people too long. So, you know, the the show writers and showrunners, the the producers behind it, they promised us. Even they said we're even for book fans, we want something new and exciting, unexpected. You know, I think Tom Anderson is a great example of that. Oh, they, so and fun. they used him not not just like a little sprinkle, right? They used him throughout the series to show us the rise and fall of these characters' connection to the city. And then in the end, they used him as such a plot device, such a turning point right. for the whole season and, and really the series in that we didn't expect it either. The book readers were, Rollin said it in the little post-show thing, oh, you're so clever, you're all into it. We know the twins are where yeah. the, the poison is gonna be. We see it happen in the episode. And so when that goes awry, I had myself convinced. I was like, oh, wow. I guess, I guess Louis and Claudia are just going to get lucky somehow okay. and overcome Lestat and Antoinette. Like, Here's what happened how to How is me. this going to play out? Does anyone else watch with the subtitles on? Because I do. And when Oh, my God. Yes. You see that. Antoinette is speaking at the ball. <laughs> yes, and, and and it's pretty clear that it was uh, telepathically. Yes. I will say this, though. I was convinced immediately after that, you hear Tom Anderson speak. Right. And you see his name, the... and I thought, did Lestat turn Tom Anderson? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had convinced myself that, that Lestat had two backups at this point oh my for God. some reason. So, oh, but, my God, but Tom, you guys. Tom has a, just a freaking wonderful line. He's had great delivery in all of his scenes, but in this one in particular, I loved the delivery and I wanted to call it out. When they come to him the very first time uh, to ask him about the, the party, Lestat wants to become king of Mardi Gras. And he says, uh, where to start? One, <laughs> I'm not a party planner. Two, <laughs> it's January. You're a little behind the gun. No lie, y'all. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mardi Gras is serious fucking business. You do not plan it uh, a month ahead of time. You're right. And three, here's me and your two-tone daddies in 1910. <laughs> you see <laughs> yes, anything wrong exactly. with this picture? I, yeah. I love that line so much. Uh, I even like the two-tone daddies line. The one thing, wait, the one thing that I'm, I'm going to be mad at the writers about this, Tom is a villain. He's clearly a villain. We were always going to root for him to die at Lestat or Louis's hands at, in, during the feast scene. That was, there was no problem with that. We needed no additional villainry from Tom in this episode, I thought. Merely the, the hungry and greedy desire for immortal life, even when he thinks you know that these guys are all devils. Right. That would have been plenty. Why, why, why? This, this is the first time he does it, too. Why does he have to say the slurs to Louis at the party? Okay, I actually have a thought about this, and I think that part of it, like that, that entire showing him throughout the entirety of the series is another opportunity to show outside of our unreliable narrators the degra degradation degra nope that's not the word the 
um, well, how all of their relationships are falling apart, not just within their home, but with people that they have in the community. At this point, they've gotten to a time where this whole thing is untenable. They can't keep going. People, they have relationships with people who know they should be older than they are. And I think that that, that, that part, though it's like distasteful and he says some really messed up shit it is in part to show how far we've fallen away from these people that were our buddies at first like oh i don't mind you you two and your uh, your, your 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 fancy ways like we kind of uh, wink and a nudge and we ignore them but now we're at the point that anything you do that is an aberration we are going to point out because it's the first thing or the last thing that we can actually see and acknowledge that's wrong here when the rest of it is such a supernatural fuckery. Mm. Ah, that's 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 interesting. I I again here even in the Mardi Gras scene, I kept thinking, man, I wonder if they're gonna throw in like surely there's a Mayfair at that party, right? Oh like surely well, there was a Mayfair at that party watching things. I think we'll have I an opportunity thinking, to see that maybe in like flashbacks in or or just in like in that series, in scenes, maybe we'll like, see in them. the world of it. Yeah, just existing in the same world. Like somebody we're gonna see witches pass through our vampires world. I think for sure. Yeah, I, I mean I think it's I, I really felt like with AMC building these connections that that was a missed opportunity to at least, you know, like one of them could have been introduced to Lasat at the at the party, right? Like, I mean, introduce, I don't know who's alive at this point based on how they're compressing right. timelines, but like, <laughs> to me, the answer would have been to have Julian met Lestat, like, right. or, or maybe not be introduced, but like, have somebody say, why don't you, you know, let, let me introduce you to my friend Julian. And then like, maybe even Julian turns his back on him. Like, cause yeah, maybe or, Julian knows exactly what he is and he wants to stay the fuck away from him. I yeah. Don't know. Maybe, maybe he gets invited to the party and maybe that's not, maybe that's something we'll see in, in an episode of their show. You know, he gets invited to that party and he's like, no, I'm not so interested in your, uh, in your, you know, fountain of youth. Or, or maybe they're sitting at the dining room table one Sunday morning and somebody says, well, Julian, that was a good thing. You told me not to go to that Mardi Gras ball. The other <laughs> right, day. You exactly. know, seven people ended up dead. I guarantee you referenced. Yeah, I guarantee you. <laughs> Especially because they talk about how much press that night got in New Orleans. Like, it would be right. it would be crazy if it didn't, you know, come up in conversation at the very least. Uh, so... Anyway, I just wanted to praise Tom's uh, character and portrayal throughout the season. So great, I, I think so that fun. was really well done. Uh, and and honestly, even the finish, like the fact that he he ended up being the MacGuffin for the for the he episode. He was the poison. It was it was pretty pretty cool, man. Uh, so in episode one, Louis tells Daniel, "Let the tales seduce you." And that is exactly what they did in this episode. Claudia lets the plan seduce Lestat. And it's a really good plan, man. Like, it's honestly, it's as I'm watching and I'm going through it, I'm like, it's sort of a shame that Anne never did this. I think she does do, don't, don't Lestat and maybe David go to Carnival at some point in one of the later books I or something. I do think so, I, yeah. I feel like they hunt at Carnival at some point. Maybe you know. Maybe I mean, you're missing the Lestat. boat if you're not. There's some good drunk blood to be had at Mardi Gras, but also plenty of evildoers, right? Pickpockets oh, yeah. and thieves and and drug dealers and all sorts of people that you could could pick off even if you've got your you know your moral Jones on at the time as a vampire. Anyway, I just thought, what a what a brilliant thing, man. And yes, if Lestat in this story where we're having you know Claudia and Louis sort of 
you know, go with Lestat and they're all going to leave town at once. That's the plan. Yeah, um, that was such a great way to I, set I it think, up. I think throwing him a party, like to say, yeah, we're going to say fuck off New Orleans on the way out of town. I think that, yeah, man, that I think you could absolutely get him to buy into that. And here's the other thing, though, that is interesting because of it throughout. You, I feel like Sam here, I, I, okay, so Jacob got his Emmy uh, uh, bona fides in, in the first episode. I feel like that's the reel that's going to get played is the, the scene in the priest, you know, the scene in the confessional. Oh, yeah. In this episode, though, oh. I feel like the stuff on the balcony, especially yeah. with Sam oh, and my Louie, God. that's going to be Sam's reel. You can see my it not God. just in that scene, all throughout. You can see it in his eyes. First he's and so foremost, sad. He's so he is enjoying sad. Himself. No, he's like, because he knows, like, that's yeah, the thing. Yes. And when when I went back and watched it the second time, it was this, like, he's, like, he knows what they're, he thinks he knows what the plan is. And he does know what the base of the plan is. And good for Louis that Claudia built in, you know, just, you just, fall, you just fall back in love with him. That's fine with me. That doesn't hurt me at all. Just do that, you know, and that'll I mean, be your part of the plan. And all of it is just, I mean, when, since he knows what's happening because of Antoinette, it is just, when you go back and rewatch it, it's so, he's so sad. He's so like, I can't believe this is, this is what it's coming to. And even though he comes to a plan where he's going to kill Claudia, they're going to kill Claudia. And then take Antoinette off with them to Europe. <laughs> oh Jesus! Or to Buenos Aires. Sorry. Yeah, I now wait. Am I supposed to read anything into the fact? By the way, isn't Buenos Aires? Isn't that where all the Nazis went after World War Two? Oh there, yeah, is, no, that's Argentina. Yeah, into the Nazis. pretty accurate. <laughs> we could go munch on some. He, uh... he acknowledges their their excellent tailoring, which yes, I mean, it was Hugo tailors. Boss that designed the the the, the outfits, but still. Um, I the the fact that you were heading to uh, to South America made me a little questionable there, Lestat. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just all of this stuff with Louis and and Lestat is fantastic throughout this this part of the episode. But the I'm talking look about on New Sam's Orleans. Face, I mean, oh, okay. So I've got, that's the quote, by the way. That's the whole quote. Okay. So he gives this quote. Uh, Rollin promised this in one of the, in the press tour. I heard him talk about it a couple of separate times. Mm. He said that there's a quote about the city that's from the book that uh, was going to be used in the show as an emotional gut punch. So here's the full quote that they adapted from the novel. This is from the novel. New Orleans, though beautiful and desperately alive, was desperately fragile. There was something forever savage and primitive there, something that threatened the exotic and sophisticated life both from within and without. Not an inch of those wooden streets nor a brick of the crowded Spanish houses had not been bought from the fierce wilderness that forever surrounded the city, ready to engulf it. Hurricanes, floods, fevers, the plague, and the damp of the Louisiana climate itself worked tirelessly on every hewn plank or stone facade so that New Orleans seemed at all times like a dream in the imagination of her striving populace, a dream held intact at every second, by a tenacious, though unconscious, collective will. Damn y'all, and can write, y'all know it. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> this is the, this is what I mean. Like such beautiful uh, and and judicious judicious choices of 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 of. 
things to use from the books you know like they haven't gone completely mad and it's not just a complete cut and paste which honestly there's not enough conversations to fill a whole series that that exists oh, especially just in, in the books you know in interview so, especially in, yeah the biggest most conversations are, thinking about how sad yeah. he is yeah, and the the bulk of the conversations in that are literally just between Daniel and and Louis. So, you know, of course they've got to make up a lot of it, but man, they've they've really really used such wonderful passages, such wonderful lines, such wonderful phrases from from the from the book and from and also like a couple tonight from the movies that were just excellent. Um let's go back a couple of seconds because there's the there's a great line from Lestat when he's presented the twins uh he says is there rosemary in your they garden? spell rosemary yeah they see <laughs> listen ashley that is the strangest and sexiest pickup line in the whole show okay let me i mean i don't know i don't know if kelly picked up on it but the, in the future you're gonna come home tomorrow kelly's ear. gonna have bought a rosemary bush and she's just gonna start she leaving sprigs all we over the saw, house we saw rosemary we saw a rosemary bush while we were out today i swear <laughs> to god we did and i thought about but I, if she wants to lean into my ear and just ask if there's rosemary in my garden i'm i'm just saying we'll be saluting You've um, got a new, you've got a new, uh, a new, uh, kid a new safe kink. code, yeah, that's a, a new kid new, safe code, <laughs> <laughs> and you're real into rosemary um, now. Everyone send so, hey, uh, soaps that are scented with rosemary. Speaking of, you know, we were talking w- about it earlier with Armand. I'm so glad that our twins were grown men in this in this oh, one. By yeah. the way, Oof, uh, especially because they were involved in the whole feast scene, like that would have been terrible. if We had a couple of kids running around there. Um, we were talking though about the New Orleans quote in the balcony. So the yes. first of all, I know people have given the show shit. Why do these vampires smoke and sometimes drink <laughs> when we know that like food tastes like chalk? Right. I love that they smoke. First of all, both these men look fantastic with cigarettes, right? Like both Sam and Jacob look fantastic. And the there is an intimacy um in the hand gestures that come from lighting and giving a cigarette all of those oh, things yeah, yeah, are absolutely. sort of like right yeah and you can see it like here like Lestat lights Louis's uh, cigarette directly with, with his, his own, cigarette you know, yeah yeah there's there's something about that like there's like it's the passing of the flame or I don't know whatever but anyway I'm glad they smoke in the show I think they all look great doing it I'm sorry I know it's not a good habit for anybody to have and I know it doesn't make any sense for vampires look, also, really, but none of, none that's of the, a change I like our vampires don't have good habits for us to have it's okay we don't have to <laughs> they don't have to be heroes <laughs> they don't have to be role models <laughs> I mean one does wonder does the nicotine calm any nerves or anything? Like they don't have circular systems in the way that we do. I don't. Anyway, it's true. I don't, I mean, I'm not worried about the science. I'm just worried about how it looks. Yeah, um, it, and it does look very cool. Our guys look very, loved, very cool sharing a cigarette together on a balcony. I loved the dance. I oh yes, that was wonderful. That was beautiful. I, I loved the reprise of "Come to Me." By the way, that's the music that's playing behind them. Uh, I love the scandalous kiss. You yes. know, everybody. It, first of all, it's scandalous when they start dancing. You can hear like a murmur from. The oh crowd. yeah, gas. But then when Louis the goes pearls. in for the kiss, and I love that Louis. Gasps. It's Louis that goes in for the kiss too, and that's yes. just another yeah, well, like another part, another layer of of how this is like stabbing Lestat in the heart. You know what I mean? 
But see, that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about when I say like there's the layers for Sam because okay, so what does Lestat want? Lestat wants to be the center of attention. He wants the family to hunt together in the same sort of like vicious way, toying with his food that he enjoys personally. And uh, he wants love and affection from Claudia too, but mostly from Louis. And here in their plan, they give him everything that he wants. Yeah. And he takes it even knowing that it's a poison pill. You know, it's, it's sort of, I, I thought earlier, like it would be like, you know, Jesus and Judas going to the Last Supper, except in this case, Jesus has the new 13th apostle hanging out outside, ready to kick in the door and slash <laughs> Judas's throat, you know? Yeah, uh, yes. But like, it adds an extra they, layer. Yeah, so I mean, like, this, this Jesus is a little in, bloodthirsty. He's walking into a, a huge betrayal. To a trap. Yeah, and, and he's smart enough to have figured out that it's happening um and i love it it's so brilliant i knew it immediately when louis said um that claudia was limiting talking to him that meant she was choosing the time she was doing it and meant she was choosing what she was saying very carefully to me i was like oh that bitch has got a real specific plan coming up so like i was not surprised to see the twists and turns as they came up because i knew immediately when when he said um, we could plan by talking telepathically, but Claudia really limited us doing it, but she didn't explain why. I was like so huge I tell wonder, for me. I was like, oh, well, hell, 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 hell. That bitch Antoinette. <laughs> I, I wonder if the show, and again, sorry, this is maybe a slight spoiler. I'm going to try to be vague. I wonder if the show is going to make Claudia more complicit or even directly responsible for her own uh resolution in season two <laughs> let's put it like that i i think that they're sowing the seeds here already especially in the end when daniel starts asking questions about you know claudia's mood after this party and after their exit from louisiana i think they're sowing the seeds that perhaps um this Claudia is more of an active agent in her own life and choices. I think and for is sure. less on a roller coaster than yeah. the one from the book. I think that we are definitely, um, it's definitely setting us up for that. She is, I feel like from Jump Street, she's had more agency in this, which is uh, frankly more fun for me. I don't have to, because I'll say this too. I think something that the last couple of episodes have really reminded me of is that this is from the horror genre and I think sometimes <laughs> I get so wrapped up in like the gothic romance of it that I forget that this is fucking vampire horror shit you know and I think it's something that's been really fun about the last couple of episodes is that it has been scary like I was literally at one point watching watching it the first time like I had my blanket up like around my face because I was just like ah because I could have I had all the anticipation of what I had figured out and what was about to be revealed with Antoinette and the shit was hitting the fan hardcore with people getting killed left right and center and I was legit like having a horror movie moment and I was so excited because I mean that's one of the things that we do love about this but it's so easy to get stuck in um 
in the romance of it all and the, and the and the ins and outs of like the big heavy thoughts of it and the and the philosophical questions and all of that at the core it's still vampires holy shit and they're scary sometimes oh um, a million percent you i literally one of my notes here like the one of my next notes is I do not love the gore in the feast scene. Oh, like, man, to pull the, the jaw off the... Po- I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, he my pulled, God. That's Kelly. He pulled Kelly that guy's said, jaw off and held it. And then we saw the does. guy. Oh, wow. He pulled that guy's jaw off. <laughs> yeah, and then we um, and then the camera goes back to him because it's not just enough to see Louis handing, standing well, there like... That. We were going to go Louis back. Louis dives into the gaping hole yeah. to suck out some, some, some juicy juice. Oh, my goodness. So, look... Can, I mean, it's not can, unexpected. No, not at all unexpected. This, but man, whoo! I was—it was just a reminder of what we're dealing with here. These are fucking vampires. <laughs> we talked earlier about how there's like the mirror in the first episode. Uh, Louis tells Daniel to let the tale seduce him, and here Claudia's letting the plot seduce Lestat. In the first episode, we have the super violent scene in the church. At the end, here we have the mirror. With the super violent final scene in the um, you know at, at after the party, um, so yeah, it's not unexpected. This is the network that gives us the Walking Dead, and I think at least in part, this Immortal Universe is supposed to eat up some of that audience as as the Walking Dead sort of ages out, or at least the main show does. It's over this year. I think they want some of the body horror that you're going to uh-huh. get in uh, you know the the Mayfair witches. Well, I believe Nick uh, you know, is some it- of the the gore that you get in this show. Uh, I think Nicotero's team is doing the uh, the um, oh shit, sorry the effects the effects, um, which if you're getting that, you know you're you're in for it. <laughs> you know you just yeah, in for yeah, it. Yeah, no. We're talking about some of like, the greatest like you're the some of the greatest like gore creators of our of our generation for sure. Like these guys are fucking amazing, and I am I, I do get pumped to see it because I do like I love horror. I love gore. Like I have spent all fucking October just like like drunk on slasher films you know what i mean and so i i like that reminder that that's the genre we live in it, they are beautiful and romantic and sexy but they are still killers they are still vampires they are still monsters like do not ever forget what they are well it's just so interesting to me that like i mean i don't know that's like that's like the 10th and 11th reasons that i'm interested in this book series is the blood and the violence you know like it's just right it's, so it's not far down top. the list but also i think like again unreliable narrators they're always like oh well we're very clean and tidy with them but i mean you know they're scaring <laughs> the shit out of people when they're eating them sometimes no it's not always like they're not always um giving someone that gentle embrace and 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 the way that it's described so many times is like and in the books it happens all the time they're like oh i just re i just found this person and i took them in my arms and i drank all their blood but i made them think about the last time their lover said they love them or some shit like that when really it's just a fucking vampire eating someone oh man that was the, the now that sounded like you were running armand down there <laughs> that, that sounds more like armand than anybody <laughs> oh they i only call the ones that long for death that's um, right all right i got a i got a question for you here what is lestat doing the moment before antoinette comes into the house so the first time that I watched it, I thought, oh my gosh, 
he's calling to her. But no, he can't. He can't. Makers he's, can't no, speak he's just, telepathically oh, he's, to their progeny. He's opening the door for her. Okay, so that's what that was my guess the second time. I said he he uses his mind to to explode the lock or whatever yeah. and pops the lock yeah, off the door. Yeah, because they've already and planned. She was waiting outside. She was waiting that for was their the, plan. Yeah, that was the signal, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Like you'll hear the door. You'll hear the fucking knob fly off the door. Come on in, bitch. It's on. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, then I don't need you. No, oh, and her mimicking yeah. their voices. Oh, it was so gross. Like there was something about after she comes, she comes into the room and, and, and we've revealed that she's been the one that's been tattling um, Claudia's thoughts to Lestat. And, and she's mimicking their voices in this just hateful way. It's just so, it's so cruel and kind of hateful and, and awful. And I all I could think was, he thinks that Louis is going to go away with her after this? Are you fucking right. kidding me? You lunatic. You're so crazy. <laughs> see, Ant- Antoinette is another good example of, of, and see, that one's not from whole cloth. They took a character from the books, right. Antoine, and, and they expanded that character, drug it out at a different point in the, I think in the story. I think a you know, great kind of, way of doing it, frankly. Like a really great way of making that character more important even than it was in the book. And also giving us a decent-sized female role in a book that is woefully right. low on female characters we of did. any kind. We just right? had a like, conversation about that not too long ago. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, of uh, female representation in these books in general. In, and they and yeah, most the of the li- and most of the women. This one don't, is the worst offender. Yeah, and most a lot of the women have no agency. Um, I think that that's kind of you know especially our human our human females. No, don't say females. You our human ladies that we see are have very little agency um, as far as their ins and outs and dealings with our supernatural characters. All right, uh, pop quiz question number two. Okay, did Claudia love Lestat? So she says they're standing over his body. Uh, they've already burned Antoinette at this point. And she tells Louis for the first time, we have to burn him. And then she says, I've killed so many, just no one I. And before she can say anything else, Louis cuts her off and starts speaking about, I don't think I can do it. Just throwing me right. there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What would she have said? Would, would she have said cared for? No one I cared for? Would she have said loved? Did Claudia love Lestat? I mean, I think that that's, I think she has, she has to have loved Lestat because otherwise it doesn't matter. Otherwise, you know, her, his cruelty to her, his indifference to her, you know, it, it, it would matter, but it wouldn't, it would just be like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dealing with somebody who doesn't really give that much of a shit about me. Um, you, you can get past that if it's not someone you care about, somebody you care if they are invested in you, you care if they, and there are times that they have good times too. And I mean, I, I can say, I'll, I'll be really honest. I, I have, um, my father passed away in 2001, but he was, he could be abusive. He was very verbally abusive. He was very, a very challenging person to live with. He was an alcoholic. Um, uh, there's that, there's that love that, uh, you know, but when he was great, he was so great. No one got me more than him. You know, when he was sober and he was fun and he was cool, we had the best times ever, you know, um, 
but when it was bad, it hurt so much worse because it it you have that good good to compare it to. I don't know if that makes sense at all. I mean, not only does it make sense, you absolutely could have been doing a monologue in the character of Claudia, I think, <laughs> talking about talking about right. the stat there too. I mean, right? and like, not, not to get you, too we, dark, we you guys, but I mean, like this is that's uh, that's the perspective I think of when I when I when I watch this, especially this has been. I'll say this has been one of the more difficult things for me to watch. Like I, there are things that I just won't, I won't watch. I haven't watched shameless um, <laughs> because I'm, I'm afraid it'll, you know, hit a little too close to home at parts. You know, there's just some things that, you know, are going to be really triggering and, and, and I just kind of avoid it. But this was something I, that hit me in a different way, just in the way, in the intimacy that we're seeing and, and, and in the, in the intimacy, intimacy we're seeing in the home and in the, and in the, our disagreements and in our fights and things like that. It just, whoo, like it's, it's a lot. I'm really glad they've been putting domestic violence, uh, uh, warnings on it because I think that that it's not something you would expect to need to like, you're like vampires are fighting at home. Does that need domestic violence warning? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does because it's a vampire series, it family. Does. It's a vampire family fighting at home. So it absolutely that those relationships deserve that weight, and 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 that is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've like, been able to sugarcoat this series yes. a lot in my lifetime. I feel like I'm really like having to like come to face a lot of things with it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. That th- I. Everybody drink up because I agree with Ashley. I do think I do think Claudia loves Lestat. Yeah. I think that it is it's a hard. I think it's a complicated relationship. It is not ideal. It is it is abusive. Uh, I think and I think we've talked about this before too. As a parent with four kids, it's so interesting to see like the different personalities and and you know chemical concoctions of genes that that crop up in each one of them. But what happens? so many times is the child that you end up like butting heads with the most is the one that is most like you. Exactly. Right? Like that yeah. is, I think very, very common. And it's, and it comes from both sides. You see, first of all, you often like won't stand down on the same sorts of points. So you come to an argument more often than, than other pairings do. But also it's about like, you see the flaws in yourself in the other one mm-hmm. and and it enrages you well <laughs> you know, or like, you're almost like i know what <laughs> stupid mistake you're about to make you dumb dumb because i made it like 22 years ago at 3 15 in the afternoon on november 4th so just stop acting yes. like me please <laughs> <laughs> yes yes oh my god i okay anyway i know it, it's think, it's so interesting Claudia loves Lestat. And I do think that there will be I do think that there will be mourning on her part as well at some point in season two for that loss. And I do wonder I mean, this show can go all sorts of places now, but I do wonder where her story goes. We're gonna get to that in a minute with, with Easter eggs. Um, one more thing, this should maybe be an Easter egg, but I'm gonna put it here. As Daniel begins to ask his questions. Oh uh, which I love the way that he starts it. Well, that's nice and tidy, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's really funny because we've talked about like offhand how like this por- this part of the book is such a nice, tidy place to cut the story for the seasons. <laughs> That's all I could think of when we were saying well, that. I was so like, convenient. We've repeatedly said how convenient this, this storyline is ending right here. 
It really so, and I didn't realize this, but apparently the original pitch was that they were going to do the the whole first book in one season, in an eight episode season, and then that got expanded to well, actually do the first half of the book in seven. Actually, is what we want. The network asked, um, and so that's that's where this came from. But like, yeah, man, like, it, okay. When he starts, though, when he starts into that line of questioning, and I love the way that he brought it up, and he doesn't go immediately into, I know Rashid was there in the 70s, et cetera, et cetera. He just starts down the path of... Questioning Rashid's... No, I'm not going to let you say... I'm not going to let you say... No, my favorite is that he's not going to let Louis say that it was a murder. It wasn't a murder. You didn't kill him, Louis. Yeah, oh, yeah. He says, well, yeah. you're going gonna to kill a fucking vampire, you got you to gotta burn you gotta him, You got to burn him. And that's what, I mean, I think that that is what the obvious, I think that's the obvious thing that maybe him and Claudia's, like, fight or disagreement about as they leave town has to do with him him not being willing to really put an end to Lestat. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you wonder, in season two, is Claudia literally going to always be looking over her shoulder, thinking that right. Lestat's right around the corner? Like, does she imagine that he did return, or does she think it's just maybe possible? Um, anyway, while that begins, as soon as the line of questioning starts, where did the trash go, Louis? Oh, There's so music good. that begins to play. And the music that plays, and I was fairly certain, but actually this is one of the reasons why our recording started so late tonight, is I took an extra few minutes and I had to go back and forth, and then I got like three different opinions on it too. I was certain that I recognized that music. I said, I know this song from somewhere and I'm pretty sure. So I went and looked it up and I was like, yeah, this has got to be the same. And I'm literally going back and forth. I'm on YouTube. I'm on AMC. I'm on YouTube. I'm on AMC. I'm playing this scene. <laughs> I'm going back to this scene. What scene is it from? It's, I believe that this is the case, and I've gotten a couple of verifications now that it is the same piece of music. So I think I can safely say this. The piece of music that's playing is the Moonlight Sonata. Of oh, yeah. A piece of it in particular. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is from, that was played by Lestat in, in the, the 94 moon, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he comes back as Swamp Stott, and, and there he is at <laughs> the, the, I don't think it's house. a piano, I think it's a harpsichord in the movie. Mm -hmm. But he's sitting at the harpsichord, and he's playing the Moonlight Sonata, slowly much more slowly than it's actually written to be played and it's come to be called on youtube at least lestat's sonata and lots of people have done a cover of it because it's a really cool haunting piece of music i guarantee fucking to you that that's lestat's sonata that plays under that whole where does the trash go louis oh it's so that good whole little monologue which by the way is very cool because that echoes as well what lestat does in the movie right claudia says how you know how did you come back and he goes there's so many, you know, creepy crawly things that yeah, live in you the dumbasses threw me in a swamp. My God, do you know how yeah, many right? things live in the swamp? If you're immortal. So, but here again, to take that, to take that and turn it on its turn it on its head a bit and say, no, Louis did it on purpose. Louis didn't kill him. Louis just forced a divorce. Yeah. You know, no, stay, get out and stay out for realsies, for realsies. But like, honestly, this Lestat should not take, you know, 15 years to get well enough to cross the, the ocean and get over there to, to Europe and catch up with these folks if that's what he wants to do. I don't know how season two is going to play out. I don't know. Well, here, you know what, folks, we love the episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. From here on, we're going to have to talk about Armand and things that happen at the oh, rest of this book. Yes. So and if also, you don't want to know, before we hit that, I just want to say the use of yes. let the flesh instruct the mind 
Hell yes. Oh, yes. That was just, I, that was another so, line that I liked hearing when he, uh, what was it he told her? Uh, you uh, irritate me. <laughs> oh, God. That was the one that I liked. You irritate me. Your very presence irritates me. Your very presence while he's playing irritates the piano. me. It was such a moment right out of the 94 film. But let the flesh instruct yes. the mind is such a great line. I loved hearing it, hearing them say it to each other. It kind of gave them this moment that felt because it's such a phrase you know that they've said to each other that it's this moment of like, oh, we're a team again, even though this is probably one of our last moments of being a team. I I mean, it's not, it all, this all wasn't, this honestly, this episode is, I think, probably the least sexual of all of the series. And yet, it's like that last time that you have sex with some, like, you haven't actually broken up yet, but you've had the conversation that you both know this thing is over and then you sleep together that last time before you actually say goodbye or stop start packing things like this is this is the goodbye sex there there are those like <laughs> it's it's bittersweet moments man it's like everybody's taking polaroids in their in their brain to hang on to yeah There's it's the so last much. Thanks, we talked about it's Sam's the last thanksgiving before you murder your dad right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah all right so anyway if you don't if you don't want to hear any of our speculation now's the time to bounce out we love you big love Come join us uh, next week we'll talk about our uh, season recap uh, i may be in and, new orleans uh, Oh, ooh. oh, that's right. I forgot. You're yeah. You're headed down for your anniversary. I'm, awesome. I'm, we may. Um, we haven't. We haven't 100 percent decided. But, but yeah, we, you may get some reports and, all, and hey, if there's anything you want to see, anything I can take pictures of, anything I can look oh, for while I'm cool down idea. there, post it. Uh, just ask. I'll, I'll put a post in our Facebook group and you can respond to it. So if there's anything, if I do get down there, which if I don't now, I will. I will by February because <laughs> I'm about to burn the world down if I don't get to New Orleans. But yeah, I absolutely. You and I were talking about that off. Oh. Like, absolutely, I'm very, very much hungering for the city right now. Yes. So, let's get to the speculation. Yes. Here's my thing. I don't know. I don't know with certainty that Claudia is dead in this universe. Like that's how much I am not sure what they're doing. If you ask oh, me, oh, I think to she bet is. Money. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. First, first and foremost, I like you're not sure Louis though. I totally get it. Past. Louis has talked about her in the past tense, right? Right. And secondly, he's very the pre they're precious with her belongings. Inherently about, yes, and the character of Claudia is inherently about her age and and the fact that she's not a woman. And Bailey Bass is very, very swiftly going to look like a full on woman, not like a very tall, you know, teenager. Right. 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 So. I mean, even if you rush this thing into production for season two, I think season two is going to be pushing it before she shows uh, maturation physically, you know, on screen, which is going to be a problem. But I'm saying Armand and Louis are together. So here's where I feel like we are. This is where I think we are. And I'm not sure, but this is kind of where I'm like, like over the past couple of hours marinating in my brain. I think we're past the point of Claudia's death, we're past the point of 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 Lestat being revealed to be having been involved with that, and now we're in that point where, um, list like where Louis and Armand are together, and spending their time together, and and maybe are at the tail end of that time together when 
Louis goes back to finally try to find Lestat again, and maybe he's having trouble finding him. He's hoping to use Daniel and this story to bring Lestat back out, which will lead us into the 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 modern day storyline of the vampire Lestat. That's what I think. Here's something that had not occurred to me. Even I'd watched I've watched it three full times today. Even through the fir- third viewing, it had not occurred to me. Armand keeps the important books out of like, everyone's instance, reach. That's effectively the scrapbook of his life. Yeah. Oh, very specifically, very specifically out of Louis's reach. Louis can't fly. Yeah. I was wondering right? about that Louis in the library. I was the like, what kind of fucked up library is this with the books way the hell up there without us without a sliding Beauty and the Beast ladder? It's some bullshit. It's because they're only for Armand. Uh, I I wonder. How much has Armand misled Louis or oh, manipulated yes. Louis? Or has he has he literally like has he mind wiped him in some way or influenced him in some for instance, I'm calling into question now. Okay, everybody was all all up in arms because the scene the the beating between Louis and Lestat in episode five it very much has a ton of beats and even phrases and and parts of dialogue and stuff from fights between Lestat and Armand in The Vampire Lestat, including the fact that in that book, at one point, uh, Armand drops Lestat off of a tower. And everybody was like, wow, it's really strange how they combine those things. What if that beating wasn't, what if that beating didn't happen to Louis? I mean, like, that's the kind of thing that I'm, I wonder now, I feel like everything in this season has been called into question effectively, and it well, is entirely possible that that Louis is being held hostage, oh, either subconsciously or consciously. I think he's ready to leave, but doesn't know how. And I think that he wants, he knows he needs Lestat. Lestat to come kick Armand's yeah, ass that, and save yeah, him? That, like, I honestly think that that's where we're at. He's like, he's trying to use Daniel to wake up or to call Lestat to him. I truly think that. Like, the, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, um, that, that whole, that whole end of the episode had a very, you know, fucking, um, what is it? The, uh, uh, when you fall in love with your captors kind of, uh, kind of crap. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there is definitely some of that going on. It felt like I and just I'll like this, please I like the- save me, help, blink, blink, SOS. He's blinking SOS, but I loved him taking like, off his like- gloves and like taking out his eye. Like I was like, okay, good, fuck you, because Armand should have the most beautiful, intoxicating brown eyes on the planet. And I'm so glad. I do like those crazy eyes, yeah, man. I'm yeah, so absolutely. I like those- his eyes a lot. And that it w- he was wearing a. Uh, he was wearing contacts the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Armand's got a line there. He says, first of all, Armand's got a couple of really good lines at the end. Like I really liked what's a mediocre star to a 514 yeah. year old vampire. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. And then, and then I dick. also liked, um, I liked when Armand says, uh, Louis acts out. Yes. What is uh, that? Sometimes. Well, think you about it. Drugged what up do there? at the end of, what what does Louis do at the end of uh, the uh, interview with the vampire? He he uh, cuts off several vampires' heads and then burns the entire theater. Well, they down. deserve so, like, that. No, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> I'm Look, just saying justice is different Louis in the is vampire known to world. Act out. 
No, it is true. It is true. This Louis, it is, and this Louis especially, yeah. Yeah, this Louis hung an alderman on a gate. Yeah, he's, like, this Louis Jackson is not Square, fucking around. So. so, I, I am, I'm, I'm here for a less Eory version of Louis, a hundred percent of the time. I, I'm, I'm just, I am amazed that they have been able to construct something that can be so thoroughly full of the heart of the text itself yes. and of Anne's characters and situations honoring and, and the imagery and, honoring and this universe the, that she's built. Yes, honoring the imagery and so the much world. Of it, right? it feels like Anne, it looks like yeah. Anne, it smells like Anne, etc. And yet, even for you and me Whew. who have read all of these books many times over over the years, have read the first five books recently like in the past couple of years we've gone through all <laughs> right. five of the first books you and me and yet still here we are wondering surprised. what's gonna happen next <laughs> i literally i just told you i'm not certain this claudia is dead <laughs> right. claudia has been dead for for 40 plus there years. has been a claudia around here for 20 years yeah exactly <laughs> anyway i mean i mean it's like you know in comics they say Nobody stays dead except for, you know, what, Bucky and, and uh, Gwen Stacy, except then they brought Bucky back. To, well, they brought <laughs> Gwen Stacy back now as well. There is, there is no but death. I mean, Claudia, Claudia stays dead. <laughs> you know, Claudia, Claudia dies in the end. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Except I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey, and also, like, what, who, okay, <laughs> who attacked, who actually attacked Daniel in the 70s? Was it Louis and Armand stopped him? Or was it Lestat that attacked Daniel, just like in the movie, at the end of the 94 movie, and, and it was Armand that stopped Lestat from killing Daniel back then? I don't know. I, I'm just saying they could go all sorts of places. The only really, the only, the only nitpick that I have with this finale, honestly, that would have, I think, made me a little more satisfied as we ride off into the sunset here, is I really wanted to see Lestat post post attack post attack. We get an arm out of the out of the out of the trunk in the thing, so we know that he's alive. Yeah, like, we know Daniel's not just theorizing. We know he lived. Yeah, or I say that we know he lived. Then we don't know still whether he's alive and conscious in 2022, right? Like, does he have any agency in the modern world, or has he been in one of his many comas? I don't know. You know. Anyway. I would have loved. I we we had speculated. Are we going to get you know a line like just like from the movie? Are we a little get, teasy tease? I, I assume I need no introduction. Yes. Um, I really thought we would at least get like a fancy boot, you know, coming coming off of a motorcycle or something. I'm kind of glad we didn't. Honestly, I'm kind of glad we didn't. I'm kind I'm kind of glad they're leaving us to stew in our thoughts because that's what the fucking books did. They just left you to sit there and think about what you had just read for the next five years. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited that they um, have left us to think about what's going to happen next and not giving us a big teasy tease. I mean, we did get a big tease, but I think most of us saw it coming. Well, here's one tease we definitely did get. Uh, AMC announces last week that they're going to start dropping these uh, cast diaries on yes. uh, AMC Plus weekly. And I got all excited about it. I looked at the first episode. It's an hour and 14 minutes long. I was like, oh, my goodness, the riches. I watched the first, I don't know, 10 seconds or so. It's Rollin Jones speaking. I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. No, friends. It's just the full. So it's episode one. It's the full episode, except several times throughout it. 
they'll stop and for about 30 seconds you'll get some commentary from the oh cast. it's like some it's, oh that's a bummer it's a little bit of a bummer i mean i will say this hey look i like some commentary anyway we're gonna do a rewatch anyway yeah that's what i was gonna say we're gonna do a rewatch anyway so i'm probably going to at least do my first rewatch that way so that i get the commentary as well but I am a little bummed, uh, both in both ways. I'm a little bummed that it's not more than that when we thought it might be full episodes even. And I'm also a little bummed that they don't give you that content outside of the episode in some way so that you can access it quickly if you'd like it. Um, anyway, that's what that is. Uh, I have one more Easter egg that I did want to mention here. Oh, okay. So the right before the feast takes place, uh, Lestat and uh, Claudia and Louis have everybody lined up around the table and they're telling the story about the Philosopher's Stone. Lestat's given this excellent backstory oh, on yes. how this is all, you know, how it's come down to him. I really like that. I do wonder, though, <clears throat> is that possibly a, a Magnus reference that I don't quite get? So Magnus was uh, a, the Magnus, of course, the, the Lestat's maker, um, he was an alchemist before he stole the blood from the coven under Les Innocents. And so I wonder, I, I'm not sure about the time period. I'm trying to think like how old Ooh, was Magnus Well, that could, yeah, like a thoughts. little tongue in cheek reference to that, to Magnus. Yeah, it, I think that might have been a reference to Magnus, the bookseller that's referenced in that story. I wonder if it's not. Um, anyway, regardless, uh, I like it anytime you bring alchemy in. And so so the idea that they were going to do, you know, they were going to share with them this alchemic this, uh, potion that yes, you could, could drink and live forever. I, I dug that. I also like that that then uh, that brings in Tom, you know, and springs him on or springs list out on him that sets off our whole horror scene earlier. Um I am so looking forward to what comes next from this series. Oh my goodness, you really, guys. I really don't know. I really don't know what is, what is going to happen. They've got I don't either. Now. Like I like I said when we first started off, I was like like my biggest question is what the fuck time period are we in? What is happening? Right? What are we doing? Like now I feel completely disconnected from reality. I do have my idea that I think is accurate, but also I don't think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this show i think i've used the us. best context clues but fuck i'm probably not right uh i am i'm super excited to share this continued journey with uh, with all of you i am super excited to talk to you about mayfair witches yes. in just a little while um a couple of schedule updates before we wrap things up for tonight so next week we will have another regular episode we'll do like a season recap episode uh some 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 of your feedback too by the way i've got a a thread that is up on our facebook group i'll i'll bump that as well and remind everybody about it but if you've got some speculation or some just general like hey here are my thoughts hey, on this if you need to air your grievances whole, that's a place for it too exactly Exactly. Uh, and then after that, we're going to take a couple of weeks off as the uh, the cast diaries are not full episodes. We're, we're not really going to have enough to talk about there. Uh, we're, we've got a, um, a witching hour episode coming yes. sometime between now and January. And then we'll be back with you in early January for uh, weekly episodes about the Mayfair witches. I say early January. Well, yeah, the first episode drops on like the sixth, so yeah, it'll be like right after, right after New Year's. We'll be we'll be back up and running with weekly that's my shows. husband's birthday, uh, and then the sixth. Is it really? Oh yeah. See, look at that. So we started back with with uh, with regular episodes here on my birthday uh, with interview, and then gonna, it's Brett's birthday. Brett Lee's, uh, <laughs> birthday on uh, when we Love start it. back with Mayfair, which is that's fantastic. Um, any final thoughts on this one, uh, Ashley? Before we uh, we say goodnight? I'm just 
you know, this has been an insane ride. This episode was uh, was everything I really hoped it would be as far as like spectacle and I mean, this is just theatrical as hell. I love it. I'm psyched, ready for the next round, but also really, really excited to go back and do a rewatch now. And so I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys think about the full season and what you what you want to talk about, what you need to discuss <laughs> when we do our recap. And then, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. We're un- unbelievably lucky we get to talk about this crap with you guys. <laughs> I, I'll say this. I we're going to try to do both uh, in between Mayfair Witches and and the return of of season two of Interview with the Vampire. But uh, I think we're going to have to read the Vampire Armand first before we get to Pandora, in case we don't have time for both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I think we're going to have to. It's who fine. knew it was going to be so important? Well, I'm very no. We're going to do both. We're doing both, but we're, we're going to do Armand first. But we're doing both. We're not skipping anything. We're reading all these no, damn books, Joel. We're, We're gonna... not skipping a damn book. <laughs> this is what we were, what we did for five years before they gave us a show. We're even going to read Vittorio eventually. You're damn right. I'm going to read it. I'm going to be so excited about it. <laughs> all I remember about that one, there's something about a... he sees visions of light or something. I think at the end of it, I can't. I can't remember the specifics. I think there's visions of that one. Although uh, Armand is a vampire who has visions as well throughout his life. So, folks. So much to speculate about. Oh, so man. much to think about. I cannot believe Ashley. We have we have a show. It's a hit show. It, like season two is already coming back. People demanding season three announcements yeah, already. Yeah, like it's so exciting. What a time to be alive. What a time. I think we are the luckiest nerds alive. Like if you like Lord of the Rings, if you like Star Wars, if you like interview with the vampire you like the vampire chronicles there's so you like marvel jesus christ there's so much great content for those of us that went to star trek conventions before it was cool oh my god a million percent yeah yeah uh, what a time to be alive here's again my here's again my suggestion to watch andor if you're not oh currently jesus watching christ you guys it's so good Oh, it's so good. It's it got even better this this episode. Like this last episode was. I, I'm like I literally told Kelly I was like, if my favorite vampire wasn't going to die this week, this would have been my favorite <laughs> episode of television. I um I had to take a, a we took a, a week off. We're behind because I was like I just can't. I, I'm not. I can't deal with this kind of a downer right now. <laughs> You'd be like, look, I can't. I can't go to the oppressive state prison in a, in a uh, yeah, but it's space empire. Oh my god, it's so good, and the casting and that is just, of course, as delicious as it was in fucking Rogue One, man. Mm. Again, like what an embarrassment of riches. Uh, all right, we all are right. so such lucky people, uh, folks. Thank you all for making this uh, such a fun ride for us, yes. and, and for uh, hanging out on our Facebook group and our Twitter account. Uh, you can find us at, at Articulate Coven. Search our Articulate Coven on Facebook or. Find the links in the show notes, too. Uh, we'll be back with you next week to do our season one recap for our cable viewers. Don't forget, you get a double dose next week. So when you finish listening to this one, uh, you've got another episode already for that season recap waiting on you, too. Uh, until then, we've been your hosts. Ashley Wright Eiler. I'm Joel Sharpton, and we are the Articulate Cover.
Thanks for listening to The Articulate Coven. You can join our community on Facebook by following the links in the show notes or searching for Articulate Coven on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at ArticulateCoven.com and share us with your Anne Rice-loving friends.